up witches, Phil here. Now just before we crack into our next episode, I just wanted to uh, draw your attention to our coffee page. We announced it sort of a, a couple of episodes back. Uh, coffee is a small donation uh, platform which will allow you, the fans of our show, to uh, to give us something a little bit in return for our show. As you know, we, we've uh, recently invested in some new kit uh, because the old one broke, which is not very good and we don't want to have to lose any more shows in the future. So we've uh, invested in some new kit but obviously it comes at a bit of a price so if you would like to donate anything to us you don't have to but if you would like to uh, then the way to do that is to go to our website which is www.coffee that's ko-fi.com forward slash sabrina the teenage watch and you can just leave a donation there as small as a cup of coffee or as big as many many coffees uh, i would like to say a huge huge thank you uh, to two of our fans who have contributed so generously it's it, it almost brought us, brought us to tears how humble we are from it uh, so I want to say a big thank you to Lorraine and to Brett who just donated so generously and unexpectedly and it was just off it's it's just amazing guys so your uh, your donations will go uh, towards this this new kit uh, so again that website is www.coffee that's ko-fi.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch just go on there and leave us a donation if you would like Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three cranky and cantankerous coots review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Get off my grass. My name is Phil Dean. I'm your host and your guide through this uh, wonderful journey into fake IDs and concerts held by famous 90s boy bands. But more on that later. Uh, first of all, I'm going to introduce my friends who weren't in a boy band, but I could very much uh, say that... They coulda if they woulda. First of all, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. Can I just say that I remember when this was all fields. Oh, oh, oh do you now? I do, yes. Um, yeah, uh, pleased to be here. Pleased that uh, one of our big cameos that we get uh, throughout, like the real cornerstones of turn of the millennium teen culture occurs in this episode, which I really liked. And I... Love pirates as well. So yes, uh, yeah. we will get onto the themes of piracy uh, much later. Um, just on this sub- subject of boy bands, Graham. Obviously, Graham Riley isn't necessarily a boy band member name. If you were so. in a boy band, uh, how would you change your name to be more edgy and, and street cool? Well, obviously, uh, there was a there was JC, wasn't there in uh, in NSYNC, who who we'll meet later. Uh, so I could be I could be like Gr Smooth. Oh yeah, I like that one. That's good. And uh, back from his jollies and from his very brief hiatus from the show, it's Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. What you guys recorded an episode without me? Oh yeah, you won't know this just yet, but. <laughs> Well, we recorded the destroyed episode. You know the destroyed episode. Oh, we uh, we we uh, yeah we begrudgingly recorded it without you, just because it's out two days after we record this episode. You see, and I didn't want to spend my whole weekend panicking to edit it in time. So what you're saying to me is what I'm revealing to you live for the first time <laughs> is that what you decided to do was just completely cut me out. 
no. and not even tell me that you were going to do it. I mean, a simple message would have sufficed. Well, we, we, we acknowledged your absence. We said that... I don't give a shit. It's said, not good enough now. We said that you were podcasting on the, under the influences of hard drugs. So we said you were you were banished to podcast jail for a week. Yeah, the, the podcast commission had suspended you uh, pending... Uh... I was in fucking New York. We know. That's we where you. podcast jail is. <laughs> and you've done your time. You're very sorry. Um, and and we're pleased to we're pleased to welcome you back with the um, understanding that you have learned from your mistakes and you will never podcast under the influence of Xanax ever again. Right. Yeah. Same question as I gave to to Graham. If you were in a boy band, Chris Evans isn't particularly a a, a good uh, hardcore yes, it boy band is. name. It is now. It is. Well, I guess it is now. But um, you know, if if you in the nineties with with your bleach blonde tips, uh, what would you be called on the streets? Chris Evans. <laughs> No, come on, a bit more. Think, think about think about how big. Listen, listen. You recorded an episode about me. I'm not playing this game right now. Let's move on. <laughs> Roy Evans, maybe Roy's probably no nineties. No, moving on. <laughs> we teased about the uh, theme of piracy in this one, and uh, it's because uh, this next episode, season three, episode fifteen, is called Aptly Sabrina and the Pirates. Not only does Sabrina get a fake ID and a magic turns fake. But, uh, yeah, Hilda and Zelda uncover some dusty pirates and they aim to rehabilitate. They try to get them back on their feet and return to the world. Rehabilitate. Yeah, that's the word. That's the one, mate. I'll edit that. So, Chas, what did you think of this episode? As I said before, it was a swashbuckling treat. It was very good. And I uh, I uh, texted you just before we recorded this episode that this contains my favourite visual gag, I think, of the show so far. Now, usually, Phil, when you trumpet things, mm. you raise our expectations mm-hmm. to the point where when um, the moment in the episode comes that you were so... Um, excited for. E- excited for, yeah. so, um, so entertained by, comes. While it is usually good, it's... Not as good as we've imagined. You you, you set our expectations quite high. Yeah. Whenever you say like it's like if you if Phil recommends anything to us, whether it be a film, a, a, a TV show, a restaurant, we always expect something amazing because you know. It, but it nine times out of ten, it never lives up to it. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. I would say it's probably unique to Phil. To be fair, I think that like. It, whenever you sort of big up something before yeah. showing it to somebody, there's always an element of like, mm, is it is it really is it really that good? And then like you, yeah. or certainly I myself, sort of like encounter some self doubt. Then when I'm mm. uh, taking it in with the person I've recommended it to, I'm kind of like nervous, almost like I personally wrote or directed the film or yeah. the TV show. However, on this occasion. Because um, that's what I asked. This moment in time, yeah, this joke, this this one, this was one. it worth the hype? Yes, but we don't want to get our listeners' hopes up. It is worth the hype, but don't take that as something like, "Oh my god, it's going to be the most amazing thing in the world." It might not be to everybody. It yeah, it's not to everyone's taste. Yeah, that's true. That's but, very true. But to me personally, it was very humorous. It was very funny. And knowing that that image exists in the world has yeah, added a permanent extra layer of joy to my existence. I'm going to sleep well this evening. Oh, thank you. I that's won't, because I'll be laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, sorry, by that I mean I'll have laughed myself ah. into a stupor and just pass out. Good. 
I'm yeah. never going to hear police sirens or ice cream trucks in the same way no. again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, th- th- was this an, a good all-round episode? Because the interesting thing about this one is, uh, particularly for the last few, either the family secret's been shoehorned in right at the end, or it's just not been a part of the episode at all. However, this one did have an element where the, the kind of the, the outer crust of the episode was kind of all about the family secret in a way. Yeah, so uh, as per everyone's got their own little story, but I feel like everyone's everyone's story is is very very good. Where we've got obviously we've hypothesized many a time that there are people locked in the basement. Bosh, got mm-hmm. that. Uh the concept of fake IDs and fake magic. Bosh nailed that, and then Salem not having opposable thumbs, so tasks are more difficult. Loved it, absolutely. All round, it had some really nice uh, sort of lines, really funny bits, and and the pirates are excellent additions to this episode. I loved the pirates. Can I just say? You can just say. It, obviously, these are 1999 pirates. Yes. Can I say how great it is after what has been done? To the image of pirates. Are you talking about Johnny Depp? That's exactly yeah. who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, yeah in, in the last... When was Pirates 1? Oh, fuck no. 2003? S- yeah. Like yeah. 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 So in the last 16 years, the... Uh, pirate image. Yeah, the pirate image has been sullied so much by a certain uh, shit-acting prick. <laughs> um, whoa, 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 whoa. He's not shit-acting. Okay, you just got to give him a pale, pale person to play, and you've got to actually rein him in rather than saying do whatever the fuck you like, Johnny. Yes, like yeah, and you yes. got to yeah. say Johnny Depp. Um, can you play Johnny Depp in this next movie, Johnny but... Depp? Could could you just that scene? Could you just Johnny Depp it more, please? And also, um, Captain Jack Sparrow is one of the most overrated characters in history. He literally just did Keith Richards. It's and they, yeah, they even hit the nail on the head by having Keith Richards play his dad in the late. I know, film. yeah, that, that was um, a moment of. Anyway, we are going viciously off topic. Yes, but what you're <laughs> but what you're saying, Graham, is that after just the the boring sort of mascara wearing appearance of of Captain Jack Sparrow, well, yeah, we're back to. Dustin Hoffman pirate. We're, it back, was... we're back to SpongeBob SquarePants pirates. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see pre-Jack Sparrow pirates when pirates were just pirates. Man, there's nothing cool about them. They were just silly. They were just, just... silly, bumbling idiots. And these, yeah. are, these are the pirates. Um, Obviously, the real life pirates, dangerous, raping, pillaging, uh, scum of the sea. But mm. um, yeah, like in terms of like in popular culture, pirates were really just a good old laugh. They were. They, yeah, they're, was, they're, yeah. they don't speak much English in this episode. It's very mumbling. It's they're very basically pre-verbal. I loved. Yeah. I loved the pirates in this. That they they were just kind of like, I, I don't know. Like they 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 said they said in enough, but they kind of didn't seem quite able to hold conversations. They're almost like. I don't know. They're almost like Pokemon or something. <laughs> They're like a Pokemon called Yahar or something. <laughs> yeah. Yo ho! It, it was brilliant. Fabulous. Well, we might as well jump aboard this uh, this uh, terrific uh, ship of an episode. So, the episode opens on Hilda in her gym jams as she reads a hot letter from the toaster. It's the Witch's Council declaring that her and Zelda must have their magic audited. No, we've had the magic audited in the past. Yes. Oh, sorry, no, this, yes. This is, this is like a... It's a, being analysed. Yes. It was, it was a tune-up. It was like the magic MOT. Yes, it was the magic right. MOT. That's yeah. what it was. So if we record that bit again, but use the phrase magic MOT, I think we're covered there. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, so they're getting their magic. Uh, what what MOT'd? Yeah, MOT'd. And for the uh, for the non-British listeners, the an MOT is there's probably an equivalent in just about every country, but the MOT stands for Ministry of Transport. Every year, um, there must be a test conducted on your vehicle by a garage that's been approved by the Ministry of Transport to carry it out to prove it's legal to be on the road. Yeah, an MOT. So uh, so the idea is that uh, they'll send their magic. They'll be without magic for uh, for a couple of days, and then they'll get it back, and it'll be uh, better and bigger than ever. I guess um, so. so. Does it every 25 years and they'll be without magic for a few days. Of course, Hilda failed to mention that this was not the first warning they had, but the fourth time that the Witches Council have asked. And they must, oh, oh, Hilda. Oh, Bayek. Why are we not surprised? Classic and they must Hilly. immediately withdraw their magic, allowing Sabrina, the most powerful woman in the house, technically, to summon a Sunday, a bloody Sunday for her breakfast. I mean, for fuck's sake, she went on a straight up power trip then. Her ego inflated. It was visible to see on the screen. You could see the size of her head grow during that moment. Indeed, and just for, you know, I'm the only one who's got magic. I'm the most powerful woman in this house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My God, yeah, she's a teenager with absolute uh, power over her parental units, and uh, that's uh, that's a dangerous, uh, dangerous prospect. I mean, the bottom line is, looking back, if I had magic when I was Sabrina's age, and my parents didn't have magic when I was Sabrina's age, I, ooh, fucking hell, I'd run fucking riot. But of course, your parents did have magic. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so they kept you in line. They did keep me in line, which is why no one knows that I'm a witch. Hilda's magic is green. It is. Yeah, because it, it's represented by glitter that uh, goes yeah. into these yeah. uh, jars. It's, it's, uh, it's, like, it's like one of those postal tube pots yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of glitter. And uh, yeah, so yeah, Hilda's is green, Zelda's is like purple. Purpley pink. pink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, purpley pink. Quite, quite appropriate uh, colours um, to represent their magic, I think. Yes. Well, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, Zelda's more bright because she tries to do more good. And then Hilda's is, is, is green because it's gunge because she kills people. Yes. And of course, just like in Hocus Pocus, we forget about the blue one because we don't know her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's Kathy and N- Jimmy. Great. Well, well, well started out there, mate. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, the the titles are all, and uh, she's dressed as, uh, well, I was going to say she's dressed as a bowler. She's not really, she's just in a No, bowl, no, no, a no she's just she's a bowling shit. Yeah. If, if you were going to go bowling in America, that's the outfit you yeah. would wear. Yeah, but she's it, dressed as a bowler. But would you say to someone, oh, they're a bowler? No, yeah, that's a bowler. No, a bowler is either a hat that an English gentleman wears. <laughs> that's a bowler hat. Or the guy that throws the ball in cricket. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, she's she's yeah, dressed as she's playing ten pin bowling. Ten pin bowling. Yeah. She's yeah. got a bowling shirt. She's got like, three quarter length pants on and all that. Yeah, and that's what you'd wear. Yeah, and she's wearing bowling shoes. Yeah, and they are indeed ugly. They are. Um, and she says you'll be bowled over by this, this episode. This episode will really bowl you over. So it was a relevant thing to the outfit in which she was wearing. So fair enough. Fair fair. And in fairness, the episode did bowl us over with that gag. It did. It did. Yeah. So. Not, not, not that gag. Not, not that the, gag. Not the mirror gag. Not, not the mirror gag. Not the mirror gag. The, the, the visual gag. Yeah. What if, yeah. like, the classic sort of uh, Joe would say, like, oh, I, I, um, I don't do bowling full time. I'm just 10 pin. Yeah. Something like that. You wrote that down, didn't you? No, no. Oh, oh, mate. That, that's. <laughs> don't, don't sully my talents for that, that... quick witted jokes and the ability to steal jokes from years ago. That's an old, that's an old bowling yeah. joke. Oh, it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're still at the Spellman house, or rather the Spellman basement, where Zelda is trying to find the family secret board, a priceless family heirloom that she hopes to surprise Sabrina with. First time in the basement. Absolutely. We've seen the, the dun- dungeon when it's yeah. confirmed. We've just saw like cobbly walls and stuff. I don't know if that is necessarily 
art. Yeah, the dungeon and basement separate things. However, when we see the pirates mm-hmm. yes. for the first time, yes. the room that they are in mm-hmm. has like bare walls. Do you think the basement is integrated into the dungeon? I think so. Either that or there's two subterranean levels to the house, which is an amazing proper little labyrinth they've got going on there. Amongst the cobwebs and a stench of rotting flesh, no doubt, they find the board. Yay! Oh, and three pirates. Yeah. I love the um, thing of the pirates. Obviously, Hilda has captured them a hundred years ago, did you say? I no, think, no, well, no. I think, I think they both captured them. And they were meant to release them a hundred years ago. Right. So they were captured before that. Yes, because they're like proper 17th century, uh, like, um, yeah. blackbeardy pirates, aren't they? Mm. Um, and yeah, it's like, oh, you meant to release them a hundred years ago. Oh, sorry, I forgot. And the pirates just kind of go. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. But yeah, they're covered in cobwebs and they're just like, may I have some water yeah. and some oxygen? <laughs> Obviously, they're sort of like barely able to, barely verbal. But perhaps they were originally, perhaps they were originally able to form words and interact properly, but they've been in a bloody basement for at least 100 years, probably more, so they've probably deteriorated to their primal uh, pirate instincts by uh, this point. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't uh, created their, their own language in, in that time, mm. uh, because, let's face it, they might have been verbal before, but being in such a small room with the three of them, they could have created their own unique language. That's true. That's very mm. much like, I guess, if the three of us just recorded podcasts endlessly every day for years and years, maybe we'd form our own stupid yeah, language. Soon, yeah, soon only we'd be able to understand us. Yeah. That's definitely not the case at the moment. Because no um, one understands us anyway. People will just walk in the room and all they can hear is us saying, Symposium! 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 Um, so yeah, so the, the, the pirates are there, they're, uh, they they let them out just casually because they should have released them a hundred years ago to uh, go get some water, some oxygen and a bath. Is the- there a toilet in the room they've been held in? No, mate. Oh. Oh, good lord. But but no, if you recall, if you recall, they are magic, they were, they did have magic before, so they are technically magic pirates. Yes. So why couldn't it have been that Hilda and Zelda cast a spell when they put them in that place that they wouldn't have to defecate or urinate. Or even eat, because well, yeah. if they've forgotten about them, they've probably not been fed. That's very true. So, yeah, so it, it stands to reason that they, that they wouldn't have needed a uh, a uh, lavatory, toilet, bog, loo, water closet, restroom, while in there anyway. Then again, though, we only saw a little bit of this little dungeon, so maybe if we just turned the corner and there was just a massive wall of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in need of being zapped away. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, is anyone else picturing a massive wall of shit? <laughs> Guess that's the uh, the poop deck, isn't it? It's- hey! <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, so while all this is going on, uh, Salem is busy in the the basement doing nothing, obviously, apart from playing with tassels. <gasps> tassels. Yeah, we find he's got a bit of a fetish here, and it's a fetish shared by many. Feline, isn't it? Uh, he, yeah, he loves loves rubbing his head on the his, his main head. Yeah, on the uh, on the tassels. So he very very much enjoys it um, to his uh, eternal detriment in this episode. Yeah, because the tassel is is on the the, the big golden frame of yes. this uh, board. Now we will go into the board a little bit later at the end of the episode. But um, so they bring out this board. It's got a few letters, some plus and minuses for them. I guess Sabrina's put her lovely pictures on and her clues. Um, but yeah, so he's playing with the tassels and he gets a little too. 
a little too wild with it. and uh, Gets a bit frisky. Yeah, he only goes and bloody knocks it over. He does and it shatters. And we learn this thing is made of glass, seemingly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, originally I was like, is that a... Is that a chalkboard? Yeah. <laughs> with a with a gold frame? Jesus. Maybe it's just so, maybe it's just so old it's turned brittle, just like when you get a really old book out and blow the dust off and the book blows away. Mind you, you, you ever had one of those um, slates like they used to use in like Victorian schools? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you drop one of those it would shatter a bit like glass. So maybe oh. maybe it's just like that. Maybe it's a slate. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a slate. Maybe it's a slate. It'd have to be a really thin piece of slate to shatter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I tell you what is true. There's also a shoe in the basement that Salem hasn't had his way with you. Yeah. Ooh, giggity. So if you didn't find that tassel, the puppet would be humping a shoe. Yes. There's nothing better than two inanimate objects. <laughs> I thought you were going to there's nothing better than humping a shoe. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> Uh, we quickly visit Sabrina at school where Valerie is trying to convince her to go to the brand new over 18s nightclub, the Mineshaft. The Mineshaft? Why? That's exactly what it's called. Um, it's not like the cauldron, the cauldron is the hip and happening one at Christmas. Yeah. The Mineshaft. Mineshaft. Bit okay. of a mine fuck, if you ask me. Ooh. Maybe that is. A reference to the original comics. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Sorry, because I, I watched I've watched the Chilling Adventures on yes. ah. Netflix. So um, that and the town in which they live in the comics is Greenbridge. Has, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. There, there are mine shafts, and one of the episodes, Sabrina goes down there with the, the other witches, oh. etc. And go. it's like the entrance to. I won't spoil it, but there's end. There are there's a mine in the in the original comic series, if I recall correctly. Oh, there we go. But I'm, I'm basing that off the TV show, so don't kill me. I'm very poorly read, so I don't know any of the the Sabrina lore yet. But uh, yeah, no, it could, that's a very valid point. Well done, Chris. Cool. Yay! Uh, I did something good. Hey. See, you do need me. You do need me. <laughs> Just uh, without the Xanax. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I like that the fact that Valerie, it, we've seen over the course of this season so far that Valerie's grown in confidence and stuff. So she, I guess she wants to go on the pull. She just wants Sabrina as her wingman. Well, she's the she's the go-getter now. She's the one who wants to sort of advance their social standing. Mm. Whereas Sabrina just sort of seems more content to be, I guess, maybe because she's got enough shit going on in her world, what with being a witch and all. And she's yeah. already got Harvey and she's just sort of I'd, like... Straight A's. Straight A's, which mm. is just like, this is all fine, I'm, I'm doing good, I don't need to add any extra complications into the uh, into the mix. But Valerie, being as she is, she's sort of, she's been waiting in the wings, sort of not really feeling confident to do anything and put put herself out there in, in any way, socially, romantically, what have you, and now, now, she's, now she's ready to go. And unfortunately, Sabrina's not really ready to go with her. No, mm. she's not really, she's not giving it the support. I mean, like I say, she has got a lot on her plate. She's proposing breaking the law, Valerie is, though, to yes. be fair, and Sabrina is being sensible by saying, no, don't do that. In the kitchen, and Hilda is feeding the pirates some well-earned food, and they almost uh, chew a hand off, don't yes. they, like rabid dogs? Well, this is the thing, it's not, it's, it's not like a standard food, it's pirate food, it is just like a massive hunk of a leg of a chicken. It's, it's like a Viking ham hock. Yeah, thing, yeah exactly, it? Like... It's, it, is, it, is, it is a lamb, it is the, um, yeah. that bit of the lamb. Thigh. Thigh? Yeah. Thigh lamb. Leg of lamb. It's a leg of lamb. <laughs> it's like a leather. Jesus, how did it get me to leg? 
But it turns out that the Witches' Council have obviously got wind of these pirates being uh, being released. So because they've released them so late, they've instructed uh, Hilda and Zelda to uh, to rehib to get them back into the real world. <laughs> Rehabilitate. I let that in to to sort of get them back on their feet, so the so the pirates can get their magic back. Yeah. So that this begins sort of like the the nice the, the main bulk of the episode really is is them trying to uh, get the pirates ready to be back in society by walking through the living room like gentlemen, like seating uh, women down for tea and not stabbing salesmen. But we will get to all of that. Uh, meanwhile, in the canteen, and Valerie still trying to convince Sabrina to go to this exclusive nightclub with her, but she downright refuses. That is, however, before she tells her that NSYNC are playing there, boys. The NSYNC. That is a get for the mineshaft. No no wonder it's such a popular club. NSYNC in 1999 playing a provincial nightclub. That's incredible. I mean, <laughs> that's they, incredible. That's incredible. They, they had just made it big. Like, we're talking about being a 90s boy band. They really showed up at the very back end of the 90s. More an early aughts thing, I guess. But yeah, I think they were already a big deal here in uh, here in 99. I remember Tearing Up My Heart, uh, which they perform later yeah, on. Yeah, I mean... It was, was a huge hit. Going on that, you made a good point while we were watching, obviously. It, when the when Sabrina and Valerie do eventually get in the nightclub later, NSYNC are playing uh, Tearing Up My Heart and, and another one of their hits at the end of the episode. Whereas, so we did have them. We did have uh, Backstreet Boys performing uh, in last season. And we also had 10,000 Maniacs last season. However, it's, it's very strange how Phantom Planet were cut out of their episode uh, only only a few ago. Yeah, maybe, maybe there was some specific legal wrangling there where they demanded more money for the DVD and NSYNC's record company and 10,000 Maniacs record company, etc. didn't... Uh, didn't make such demands. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it, it was good to see that the, the boys being involved anyway. Cause it was they uh, oh, yeah, well, full compliment of uh, JC, Nick, Lance, Justin, and Joey. Nice. There we go. Yes, and no Wikipedia there, folks. No Wikipedia. <laughs> no Wikipedia there from memory. Well done, Graham yeah, Riley. We didn't, we didn't Google you. for fuck's sake. That was just pure nostalgia. That for was fuck's sake. yeah. Excellent. Um, and as well, just speaking of uh, of the old uh, JT there, we do get to see a glimpse of the real performer in him at the very end of the episode. <laughs> you can call Which it is that. Fabulous. <coughs> Back home, and Salem has learnt the definition of heirloom because obviously he's broken the family heirloom. So he tries to fix this irreplaceable, valuable, one of a kind item all by himself. I love where he says um, he says uh, an heirloom uh, usually usually replaceable. He's like oh. Better get fixing this then, or find a more forgiving dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> find a wrong dictionary. Uh, in the living room, and Hilda and Zelda are trying to re- re- get the pirates back into society by asking them to walk around the house like gentlemen. But gentle, they ain't. However, the last time they did it, they set the couch on fire. Ah, yes, yes. Ah, I'm burning, oh, said the couch. I was going to say, imagine yeah. if the couch was the talking one. Oh, oh, oh no, that, oh, oh, oh. 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 Oh, the humanity. Oh, the upholstery. Well, yes, because it's, yeah, it's not human, is it? <laughs> yeah, very fun. But they, they wore around nicely for a couple of seconds and then they just steal anything they can put well, on their heads. Well, it wasn't even that. It was... I can I can quite... I can I can see how this has sort of panned out and, and the director's just gone to them and was like, right, what you're going to do is you're going to walk for two steps and then you're just going to... Go nuts. Go, go mad. Do, do whatever you want. And uh, you can... The the pirate closest to the camera, first thing he does is take a lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> just why? It 
it's got it's real it's got real essence of supermarket sweep, hasn't it? The yeah. time <laughs> the time has gone go and it's just grab anything you can. Yeah. Can I say the actors playing the pipes having a time in this episode? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and why why not? What what a fun role. Because like Chris says, like they they are just they can just run amok. They can just do whatever the hell they like for most of this episode. And boy, do they! They yeah, really do. They really do. I mean, unfortunately, there's not much I can say about the the, the people who play the pirates. A bit more on the the guy who plays the uh, the nightclub. Uh, guy, I hoped you were going to say the ice cream man, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, these pirates are great. Like I said, they're they're not making much sense. They're just ah, good, fine. On on very very limited dialogue, they have an absolute ball. And but the, the limitedness of their dialogue and the clichédness of their dialogue is a big part of what makes them so fun. It's really really fun. Um, also, as well, like Sabrina comes home, she's like, "Oh my god, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go out, we're going to go out." So she goes and dumps her, her old coat. She grabs her nice, nice coat and goes and says, "Why are the pirates in the living room?" And one of the pirates just goes, "Hello, <laughs> hello, hello." After repeating the same lining up to see the violent femme shot from season one, Valerie and Sabs are in the queue to see NSYNC, trying to kid themselves that they are brave and convincing enough to get in without ID, but it fails instantly. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they are they are they are good they are good people. They are good they are good uh, good little children, and they uh, yeah they, they they don't have it in them to uh, to be deceptive. That's that's one of the main things I do like. I'm, I don't I don't know if it if it exclusively extends to just Sabrina, but definitely with Sabrina and Valerie's relationship, the two of them together are kind of like as thick as thieves in a way. Like they they try to break the law or be be naughty, but together they they can't really. And I do like that uh, characteristic aspect to them that they are just they are too good sometimes yeah but I think that's you know obviously they, they were to some degree role models for the uh, the kids watching so it's uh, it's good to see that well one that they don't have the heart to go through it obviously the event through with it um, obviously they eventually do achieve their aim of getting into the concert via magic oh. but uh, they pay the price for said magic so um, yeah I think it's I think it's good that they are generally morally upstanding and well-behaved young folk. Uh, apparently you have some factoids on the, the, the bouncer, the gentleman they repeatedly try and get past? Uh, the bouncer, yeah, is just like it is, it's a running theme we've had with a lot of um, sort of guest stars in this show from season one uh, onwards, that uh, he, he's a prolific cartoon and video game voice actor. Oh, is he? Notably, oh, really? he has voiced Thanos in... All of the sort of Marvel cartoons and video games oh, wow. for quite some time. Fantastic. And what's, what's the gentleman's name? Man. <laughs> Thanks, man. You couldn't even be fucked to find out his name. Well, well, you must have know, found out his name to know who he's played. You just didn't write it down. All I can remember is his surname is Singleton Jr. Well, his surname's probably Singleton. And yeah, then junior. He's, he's junior because yeah. his, his dad has it's the same first senior. name. Yeah. But we don't know what that first name is, do we? So, well done, Mr. Singleton. You've uh, yeah, great. Mr. Singleton Junior. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Sing- Mr. Singleton is his father's name. Yeah. Um, they step inside, and some random shady thirty-something tells them that they can go into a poorly lit alleyway alone, where someone will help them get fake ID. First of all, who the fuck was that guy? Because he came over and went, Sabrina, you know you can go and do this. No, no, that, he said by now. Who the yeah. fuck is that guy? I do recognise him. I don't know if he's just been... I think he's been in the background. He is supposed to be one of my fellow high school students. Yet again, he's in his 30s. But, um, but uh, yeah, so he just says, here's an address. Why don't two really attractive, innocent, naive, to a degree, 
teenage girls just go down an alleyway where a man in a beanie hat and a grubby brown door will help you get into a nightclub. <laughs> Alarm bells, girls. But they do, I mean, again, lessons are learned. I mean, you know, yeah, they do very naively just go along with this this, this random guy telling them to go to this random location. But, I mean, you know, they do get gypped because their ID is shit. It doesn't get them in. Um, they uh, almost get busted by the cops yeah, as they, well. They, um, they, they pay 20 bucks just to get and some guy in a beanie hat just gives them ID and then the police sort of woo whoop and they yeah, sort of Valerie by the time they get to the line Valerie finds out she has uh, the ID of a middle aged black man um, <laughs> and uh, Sabrina's got the ID of a redhead uh, cross eyed redhead, redhead yeah. yeah so uh, yeah yeah yeah. so they, they but it's yeah it's just very shaded I don't like this naive side to them because again if they are role models then it doesn't yeah. matter how desperate you are to get into see favourite boy band if you can't get it just Except back at home, and Salem is trying his best to fix the family secret board without a pair of working hands. Uh, Hilda and Zelda continue to reintroduce the pirates back into society. Whilst back outside the club, Sabrina and Valerie are reintroduced back into reality when their fake IDs don't make it past the door. Speaking of doors, Hilda plays the part of a salesman, and when the pirates open the door to her, she gets a sword right in the stomach. Now, Chris, you wanted to sort of dissect this, if you will, because. <laughs> Yes. Because obviously, Hilda and Zelda have got no magic. They can't use magic. However, she gets pierced oh, in whoa, the whoa, stomach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no. Skewered, Skewered is a more accurate she, representation of what happens. She turns into a witch kebab. Yes. And, um, yeah, so is, is this a magic sword? Is it a fake sword? Or is she just the embodiment of magic? Hilda and Zelda have sent their magic off to get MOT'd. Therefore, in theory, they are not magical creatures at that time. Hilda being stabbed through the stomach by a sword, irregardless whether it is a a, a magical sword or the sword of a pirate, whatever, it's still being stabbed through the stomach and skewered. She should be dead. She has no magic. But she's not been turned into a mortal. She's just a powerless witch. I guess perhaps it raises an interesting possibility that witches are like way less vulnerable to death than we realised like just by being a witch and having magic in your veins like you can withstand stuff like that that's what they're telling us yes yeah but they, they they've for lack of a better phrase they've they've removed the magic from their body so yeah every drop of magic yeah so if that's the case you can lose your magic and still be basically immortal <laughs> Jesus Christ like they needn't give a shit about anything. These witches, <laughs> no, they could do whatever the fuck they like. Because we, uh, granted, we, we've already we have met a witch that didn't that wasn't wait didn't have power or wasn't allowed to use her power. Mister Craft's wife, um, Lucy Craft. She she lived in a part of the realm where witches, uh, yeah, female witches were um, forbidden from doing magic. Just forbidden. Yes. So she okay. Yeah. Of course, more against the law rather than she didn't have the power. Yeah. Of course, because she would have remembered that if you'd. If you'd showed up for the last episode. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, so, she she was just forbidden to use magic. So the yeah. magic wasn't taken from yeah. her. So if, if witches are indeed immortal without their powers, then in theory you could remove a witch's powers and yet they would still live their however many thousands of years. Yeah. And presumably, perhaps they can only really be killed by magic, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, I was Ooh. just going to ask, like, what are they prone to? Oh, you know, how can they die? Because we saw Granny Spellman yeah. was, was was ancient, but she was still alive. 
Um, yeah. what, what is it just a an old age, or can they be killed just exclusively by magic? I think perhaps, perhaps they can only be killed by magic. It's the only way of explaining away why, despite having no magic in her body, Hilda can survive this. She says mm. she's aware of the possibility of injury, but like she's like, if I start leaking bile later, then I'm going to blame you. Yeah. And then later on, when it happens again, and uh, Sabrina removes the sword from her, she just sort of goes, ow. So it hurts... Does it hurt or is it just uncomfortable? That might just be uncomfortable because it's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> it's heavy it's to, be ca- to be carrying a sword through your stomach. Does so it, so for, for witches, having been skewered by a sword is the mortal equivalent of having a splinter. I guess so, yeah. Because you, you, you know it's there, it's uncomfortable, and it's a bit of a pain to get out. But then when you pull a splinter out, you bleed. And she doesn't even bleed. It's she like bleeds. it's like yeah. it's it's a completely like superficial um, do, thing. Do witches bleed? Do witches bleed? Oh. Do they have blood? Th- that's oh. our album title. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. The magic runs through their veins. Oh, magic oh. is blood. Magic, magic is, blood. is blood. And they've had to drain their magic blood. Into those things, which is why when Hilda gets stabbed, nothing happens. Yes! Oh, yes! Up yes! <laughs> top, big man! Booyah! Realm building! That is how we do Fuck it. Fuck yeah! Yeah, it might have taken us a while, but it was fucking worth it. Oh. Realm building. Realm building, that was awesome. <laughs> nothing gets you quite as pumped as realm building. <laughs> so, technically, Hilda and Zelda at this time are zombies. Yes. yes, there we go. Oh my god, I feel so much better awesome. about this. Wow. Take what will allow us to, to relish in this awesome realm building and discovery because we are such good podcasters and readers in between the liners. I want us to do some admin. So as me and Graham said in the in the last episode that we did take the decision to to buy some new kit because we were uh, so undergoing some technical issues which were infuriating and we did lose that episode. We love doing this podcast. We love getting together because we have such a, a great time uh, t- together as, as, a, as a unit of three as well as a podcasting team. Um, so buying this new kit uh, does come at a, a slight price. So um, we did set up a, a coffee page. So that details is www.coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Uh, if you go on there, you'll see an option to donate. And if you would like to donate to this podcast, it'd be just a, it's the equivalent of a cup of coffee, just a couple of quid, a couple of dollars, whatever. If you do have any change that you would like to donate to us, it would be greatly appreciated. And it will just go back to uh, to help fund uh, this new kit and software we have got. So if you would like to give anything back, then uh, yeah, head to that website, www.coffee.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch and leave whatever you can. Anyway... Realm building. Shanty. So we go from hashtag realm building to hashtag continuing the episode. Sabrina comes home, sulks for a few seconds, and is then convinced by Salem to go get some top-notch fake ID from the other realm. Uh, She heads there, and it's the exact same layout as before, except instead of a grubby, dangerous-looking beanie hat-wearing man, it's a cheerful, charming sort of 90s sitcom father. Yeah, just just, just, just a nice dad in a jumper. It's like, can we have some fake IDs? Hey! No problem. Of course, here you go. Don't worry about like, it. Uh, Valerie looks a bit like, don't worry about it. Got it. And just gives some some exact, uh, sort of perfect yep. ID, which she's, she's happy about. Um, and then the uh, sirens go off and she goes, she goes, oh, the police. And just uh, the cops or whatever pushes him away and runs off. But it's not the police coming, guys. Despite the siren and the flashing lights, who is it? 
hits a ice cream vendor, pushing uh, one of those hand carts that I've only really seen in America in like the modern age. And uh, so he's got a flashing light, hasn't he, on the front of his cart. Mm-hmm. And he's got the old ice cream man uniform with like Thunderbird mm-hmm. hat and everything. And he's just grinning <laughs> manically, wide-eyed, waving his head from side to side. Um, he's the happiest person alive. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you be selling ice cream? He's like... selling ice cream in such in, in a wonderful neighbourhood. <laughs> Where 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 there's the sitcom dad, he's got his flashing lights, he's he's happy. He is content with his life and what he is doing. And he's deliriously happy. <laughs> deliriously happy. In the wrong context he could be scary. But in this <laughs> yeah. context he's hilarious. And you say in the wrong context, we are in a dangerous neighbourhood. Yeah. And I said that this was the visual gag I just we watched it about four times, didn't we? Just to yeah. see this guy's face it was hilarious. So that's oh. uh, very, very funny, and I think my, my one of, if not my favourite, visual gag of, of the show's run. Yes. I think very, very funny. The bouncer on the door seems to have been struck with amnesia for the second time as two very distinctive-looking teenagers walk up to him again, but he lets them in just because they've got ID. So I... Valerie and Sabrina are seeing the lads play. Maybe it's not worth them complaining. I mean, Sabrina says she complained to the manager of the uh, fake ID um, <laughs> yeah. hovel, yeah. Um, which is which is amusing um, to get to get good ones. But also, maybe it's not worth them complaining to the manager of uh, the club uh, about the bouncer saying, "Look, we've got perfectly good ID here, and he's not letting us in." So mm. he's like, "Oh well, they, they've got the ID. They've got the ID." Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the pirate lads are on the other hand are trying to stay away from rum by grabbing bottles of pop instead. However, instead they shatter the bottles and try to kill each other with them. Now, the moment that I really enjoyed was, it was like, you've got a choice between rum and soda. Which do you pick? They all go for the rum and uh, 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 you're on parole. So they all go for the soda at the same time. It's like watching cogs turn in a dog's brain. It's hilarious. They're very very like dogs, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. You see them scrapping over meat in a a very dog-like way earlier on. Yeah, they are like pets. Yeah. And, they, uh, and then they go to slice each other's throat, but then it's fine. Just, just like dogs. Yeah, just like dogs. Just like dogs. And before it gets too uh, too graphic and violent, we then go to, to the mine shaft to get our minds blown by, uh, yeah, Justin and the boys. Yeah, full on NSYNC lip sync. <laughs> yeah. um, I tell you what, though, this episode does include a lot of instances of one of my least favourite quirks of American English. When a band is playing. Uh-huh. Or when bands are being referred to in American English, mm-hmm. they're always referred to as is rather than are, and it really annoys me. NSYNC is playing tonight. No. <laughs> there are five of them. NSYNC are playing tonight. If Alanis Morissette is playing, Alanis Morissette is playing, because it's her, she's one person. Brian Adams is playing, playing. tonight. The Foo Fighters are playing tonight. The, the Ice Cream Man is, is funny. funny. The, the Pirates, Pirates are, are go- yeah, yeah, but it only it only happens with bands. The rest of the time, the usual rules of English apply. But for some reason, yeah, with Americans and bands, it becomes is and it's not cool, guys. It's not cool. So there we go, uh, Graham, with another installation of uh, Gra- Graham's grammar check. Go, oh, Graham's grammar check. Yeah, and I'll just say correction for fuck's sake. But... <laughs> and that would work better in American English because it would be Graham's grammar check. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy hearing tearing up my heart? It is, I, I it, it is uh, what they call in the industry a tune. It is a, a stone cold tune. I mean, NSYNC had many, but this was their debut single, and I think, yeah, probably, possibly all that would have been out at the time. I think maybe a year later, it would have been 
even too big for this Sabrina cameo, mm. maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's no bye bye bye, and it's no, it's got to be May. No, but yeah, tearing up my heart is is it's, it's just it's just it's just yeah, it's, it's, just it's tearing it's, me up inside. It's a uh, per- perfect perfect example of the uh, the nineties boy band formula done to perfection. I think you're going to say it's just a perfect song. It's like oh great, okay, we've learned something about you. It, it, it is a pretty wonderful song, as yeah. as you might know from somebody who can name every member of NSYNC. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, do, do enjoy their work. Yeah, uh, Sabrina comes home after a totally wicked night out, and she celebrates by trying to magic her cardigan two feet across the bedroom. However, instead, it appears back on her bed. It turns out that since she has fake ID, her magic is now fake. An illusion until she returns all fake IDs back from whence they came. Zelda shouts her downstairs as the pirate has pierced his sword in Hilda again, which Sabrina has to pull out by hand. Yes. Which we we discussed previously about how that functions. She's nope. just a 600-year-old meatbag at this point. Yeah, isn't she? No, no blood and a slight twinge. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's still not acceptable to just go stabbing witches willy-nilly. No, that's true. No, you're very clear. Or anyone by that matter, but witches. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Right. There, anyone. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some people that you're allowed to stab, yeah. <clears throat> and they are. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, don't stab anybody, please. No, don't. Uh, the next day, Sabrina is looking for Valerie and her ID. However, she's come to school without it because Mrs. Burkhead's confiscated it. Uh, at home, and Hilda and Zelda finally get the pirates to sleep in the dining room. Oh, and the magic is ready to be picked up from the other realm, but they can't leave the pirates, can they? In walks Sabrina, who leaves again only a few minutes later once Valerie tells her that her parents are freaking out because the ID is talking to them. Sabrina's blessed with having a friend as... Naive. Naive and... I wouldn't say stupid. No, it's it's, it's naive. It's just naive. Na- naive and susceptible. Yeah, because she says, <laughs> Sabrina says, oh, I've got us some uh, ID cards that have got some security integrated into them where they talk to you. And she's like, oh, I'll bring it right around. All um, representation of magic that Valerie has witnessed has been sort of purged from her memory. So again, it's each time she sees these things, it's like she's encountering them for the first time. Mm. And you wouldn't, and again, as we've said before, like, in your mind you wouldn't be like, oh, these must be magic. Like, you would be like, there's something weird. These are weird. Like, yeah. what, 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 what the hell are these? You would assume that there must be some strange technology. A bit like uh, Sabrina very early on when the magic book's talking to her and things, I think, mm. um, reacts similarly. Um, yeah, I guess you, you would try and explain it with the logic that you've been given where magic doesn't exist, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, i tell you what this episode is missing, just while we're wrapping up the pirates being kind of... Pirating. I would have liked a pirate montage. I think that's what this episode's missing. There's a lot packed into this episode as it is. I don't think anything could be better suited to a montage than these pirates, to be honest. So yeah, you're right. So Sabrina decides that obviously she needs to to cage the pirates in the house. So she props up one door with loads of innate rubbish and she nails the other dining room door shut and runs off without seeing the pirates escape into the rest of the house. Uh, She meets a shaken Valerie who's traumatised from the talking ID, not only talking to her, but yelling... At her. I saw the lips move, she says. Oh, no, it's fine. It's all whatever. Holograms. You know those criminals way ahead of us. (laughs) It's funny. It's just, I wonder what it was yelling at her. Sabrina's was taunting her that she couldn't, she uh, 
her magic was fake now. In a really sassy way, was it really yeah. mean-spirited well, way. Valerie didn't have magic, so it would be interesting to know what her ID said to her. <laughs> You're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing with your life? Uh, it seems Salem didn't read that toast message properly because it was halfway in his mouth, because Hilda and Zelda go to the maintenance of the uh, other realm office and they learn that their magic's actually being delivered back at home. They didn't need to go and pick it up. So while they're out, the pirates obviously sign for it and cause havoc in the house. We got magic. That's what they say. And that's, that's it. They, they just say. get the glitter out. And the first thing they do is boosh, blow up Salem's hard work of putting that, uh, <laughs> yeah. putting that family secret board back together. The repeated destruction of that... Um... Yeah. That board is one of the best things. Yeah. Also, so. Salem doesn't. He says a few lines, obviously here and there, but I think every time you revisit Salem, who's painstakingly trying to put this uh, puzzle back together, and it just keeps shattering into pieces. Poor guy. Poor dude. But yeah, they're just throwing this glitter around the house, which I, is really fun. It's just that moment. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day where I'd I'd witness three pirates. Throwing glitter around a house—it's just—it's a—it's a—it's a wonderment. Oh, it's, it's a wonderment. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It's just pizzazz. Would Johnny Depp have been a better pirate if he threw glitter around? No. Mm, no. No. He'd still be Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> you know the phrase about gl- glitter and shit, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you yeah, go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina goes home and sees that the uh, the dining room uh, door is still propped up, so she thinks everything's fine. However, she then sees Hilda and Zelda tied and gagged as the pirates are now manning a pirate ship that they built or put together with magic in the living room. Serena turns herself into Peter Pan to try and fool them. However, she is the fool when she learns that she wasn't flying. Uh, she was on a wire because it was still an illusion. Uh, Sabrina has returned her IDs. However, things aren't back to normal. Oh, and to make matters worse, Hilda and Zelda are now about to walk the plank, ready to be eaten by green screen sharks. Nice little touch on the set. Um, Sabrina, obviously, she wants to free them, but she feels that her magic is fake, so nothing's going to happen. And then she confesses, which seems to bring her magic back. So she saves her aunt and fights the pirates. Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, you know, I was, I was enjoying this episode quite a lot. You know, I was, I was sort of keeping... You know, I was, I was enjoying the pirates being there and their antics, but I didn't think we were going to get a sword fight. A proper pantomime proper style. Proper pantomime, yeah. ting, ting, like super choreographed, but super fun. Um, with, with, with the with the stereotypical soundtrack behind it as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Raising the stakes there a little mm. bit. Yeah, oh, absolutely wonderful. And it's great, wonderfully choreographed, wonderfully uh, silly. Um, and to stop one of the pirates getting uh, Hilda's magic... Uh, Sabrina's sort of slow motion roundhouse kicks it, and what what happens to it, guys? Well, well, we we have the slow motion, uh, you know, American football style, trying yeah. to go for the diving catch yeah, in the yeah. end zone. Hilda completely misses the magic, and it flies through the air towards the staircase, and lo and behold. Twats the fucking board and splashes it to pieces. <laughs> and he just, uh, Salem didn't say anything, he just goes, <laughs> But it's, again, that's funny. Again, like, it was funny. Um, it was funny the first time with yeah. the pirates, did it with the magic. I was like, hey, yeah. But seeing it obliterate into a million pieces. <laughs> yeah. And again, Graham, you've, you've said it before how um, repeat something enough times it just becomes funny again. And I think yeah. this was, we'd seen it smashed twice already, but seeing this time yeah. was really, really good. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> totally <laughs> very, worth very it. Funny. 
So in the crossfire, the family secret board was shattered once more. But don't worry, Salem, as there was another board all along. That was that's the that was the best thing. That was the <laughs> twi- well, yeah, twist on the end of it was fantastic. He re- rebuilt it with tape poorly, with like tape and bandages and what. And yeah, it Sabrina looked horrendous. Says like, oh, it's a thought that counts. Yeah. Were you drunk? <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah, he re, you know to go to the effort of rebuilding that thing twice, not with his bare hands, but with his cat hands. With yeah, his cat hands. and to have his handiwork destroyed several times and find out he needn't have bothered in the first place. <laughs> yeah. and they're not really bothered. They're just like oh, Salem. Oh, I guess we'll have to get the other one. Goes, we'll have to get that back up. Oh. There was another board. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it, no, it's. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, it's just funny. He faints, and uh, what a perfect sort of note to end, you know, the episode on. Unless it would be. However, we even get a better ending because the credits roll. He and uh, Sabrina has been. Uh, she was punished to put the the uh, boat, uh, take the, the boat apart with her with her hands. And uh, she's getting a splinter. She's moaning. She goes upstairs, and uh, the pirates come in, and she's like, "Oh my god, the pirates are going to make a mess." However, instead, she magics the pirates and turns them. Into NSYNC. Yay! Hey, and they perform another song. Um, they, yeah, they perform another song. Hilda and Zelda are dancing with two of them. One of them singing with Salem. JT's doing this weird, sway, like, so, hippie like, he, dance. He no, wasn't he's, quite he's doing, sure. He's doing like a reserved Carlton dance. He's kind yeah. Of like a little, a, a, yeah. yeah. He arm, keeps his arms down more than that. It's the Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like, you just see this, like, JT already... We're ready to break out and be a solo yeah, star. Yeah, he was like, I'm stood on the bed, this is my moment on TV. Yeah, he ele- elevates himself literally yeah. above everybody else. Yeah. yeah. The issue, though, that I have with this moment is Joey Fatone. Yeah. What are you playing at, lad? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was it was weird. You're dancing with Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and... You've got your wrists on her hips, <laughs> yeah. on her waist. You're not holding her waist as you would do if you were dancing with someone, anyone, naturally, yeah. as you would do. Hands on waist. No. Wrists. 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 Jesus, Joey. Sort it, your shit out, lad. It's just very notable. It's just very funny. Yeah, it, it's 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 among the more ridiculous, legitimately <laughs> awkward yeah. moments that we've seen. I mean, it, but it didn't have to be. Drew Carey didn't dance like that, did he? He, no, he? he committed every he, part of his hands. To, yes, to to, to yeah. Valerie. Now we hated that. Yeah, it was it was it was weird. But I mean, you know, like, it was commitment. We it, saw the it, commitment. It was committed. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what he was worried about. I don't know. Was he getting married at the time? I don't know. Was it a partner decision, or was he like, oh, okay, well, she's supposed to be seventeen? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. But I, even, but. No, what? I, 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 I don't know, but uh, but, but Joey, um, if, if, if you want to um, share with us your, your, your memories of that scene and the, the reasoning yeah. behind um, the uh, strange, strange uh, wrist action, then um, yeah, uh, drop us a line. And also, again, I don't know if you are listening, but I know you're a big fan of, of, of the show. Drew Carey, if you are listening, um, let us know what you would have done in that situation. Yes. Would you have danced with Melissa Joan Hart with your wrists or committed with your full hands? Um, I would like to know what uh, what you think. That, that's you listening right now. Who do you think is the most awkward dancer? We'll put a poll on our Twitter and Facebook. Who do you think is the most awkward dancer uh, we've seen on the show so far? Drew Carey. Or Mr. Joy Fatone. I thought you were going to do Out of Us 3 then. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man, no, don't do that. 
Uh, well, there we go. That is the end of episode 15 of season three entitled Sabrina and the Pirates. Boys, we had a jolly good old time, didn't we? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shiver me timbers and all that. Yo-ho, yo-ho. Yep. Where's the rum? Ha-ha. <laughs> Crow's nest. Climb the rigging. <laughs> um, hull. Hull? Well, the hull. The hull of Pirates Earth. Pirates don't famously come from hull. <laughs> I was going to say... Has, hull has a nice port, so I guess... I was like, yeah, there surely were plenty of pirates in hull back in the day. Yeah, back, back in the day. Come on, but, you know, but Jesus. You know, still, ha-ha. Jolly Roger. Port hull. Yeah. Uh, Roger the cabin boy. Prank. <laughs> first Cannons. mate. Cannons, yeah. yeah first, first, first. First mate, the, the, the helm. Ah, yes, port. the helm. Starboard. Starboard. Oh. Do you like it in the stern or the bow? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's sail away from all that. Uh, so, boys, yeah, uh, so this was a really fun episode. Do you think sort of revisiting it as well? Hoist it... the sails. Okay, Chris, okay, <laughs> fucking get your sails out of it. Kaboom. Um, it's a <laughs> cannon going off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where's the gunpowder? Is that, this is our pirate say. Excuse me. Where's the gunpowder? Ah, scurvy. Where's the gunpowder? There's a sitcom there that we're going to develop. It's actually taken from uh, an unaired uh, carry-on film, Carry On Pirates. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Trick there, guys. Barbara Windsor, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I'll never ask you a debt, but. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of each episode, we like to uh, to rank our episode on a certain uh, number of criteria. There are four of them, and they are magic, wit, creativity, and progression. Uh, so, boys, magic, how magical was this episode? Well, now, with Hilda and Zelda not having any magic, we'd have to, you'd, you'd assume that we would knock points off for the lack of magic. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I don't think so. Oh, no? Because because the pirates then getting Hilda and Zelda's magic at the end and running amok with it, plus the concept of Sabrina having magic, using magic to get fake IDs, and then the fake IDs having an adverse effect on her magic, Mm -hmm. I'd say, in terms of magic... Magic as a concept. As a concept. Was used quite frequently and was to a good level. And I would argue a four. And I wouldn't argue a four. I'd say I agree with you. I would too, because magic forms a cent- magic. The absence of it and the misuse of it forms mm. a central c- central pillar to the plot of this episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a four for magic. Excellent. What about wit? Um. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. that, that laughed a lot at this. Um. I loved the uh, loved the pirates. I loved the um, the shattering. Uh, Board, um, the repeated chattering of the board. Um, the, the middle class dad yeah, in the other realm. Yeah, middle class dad, the ice cream police. Yeah, lots, lots, lots of, lots of gags in it. Fuck the ice cream police, or is it just the witch police? No, not no. the ice cream police. Give, give me delicious treats. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go with the with the four. Okay. The four with that one, yeah. Four game way, four or five? Yeah, I'd go with four. Okay, yeah. and I, I, will, I will concede and say four as well. Uh, creativity. I mean, it was massively creative. I mean, you 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 had you had a bunch of pirates that we've just established have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, uh, you know, we've got the pirates. They're retraining them, so that that's you know when you're reintroducing people or things to society, you've got to take them through the paces. You've just got to look at like uh, pretty films like Pretty Woman. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Well, again, it has, again, as, it's as not we that said, creative. 
as we said in um, in in the last episode about, and we were so bored of Jerry Springer being in things by the late nineties. But <laughs> so I was trying to think of where the pirates were in Pretty Woman, <laughs> 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 and then I realised what you meant. <laughs> yeah, do you not remember that scene with the pirates and the prostitutes in Pretty Woman? Uh, nonetheless, I mean, like the magic MOT is very similar to the magic audience that's already yeah. been done. Yeah. I don't think this is a massively creative episode. I probably go with the three I yeah I'd be happy yeah. with that I'd yeah. it with the yeah, three yeah, as well yeah. and finally progression well well the episode did as I said like the, the crust the outer crust of the episode was based around um, the, the family secret and it, 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 was, it yeah. was just Salem putting it together but then at the end um, during the credits uh, she did uh, start to put some of the items uh, on the board, so we can start to see the the, the startings of the, it's of the riddle. More, we we had the board. We, we we're looking for the board at the beginning. We found the board. We took the board out. The board got smashed. Fair enough. That's that bit done. But then at the end, we actually had the board, and we had put things on the board. Yes. and that that warrants progression. It does warrant progression, yeah. but I would say it's more that by the board being there and being installed at the end, it's probably going to be there in Sabrina's room and added to for the remainder mm. of the season. Mm-hmm. I would more say the foundations were laid for future progression yes. rather than progression taking place in this episode. Plus, we had a shoehorn secret right at the end as well. We One did. of those pirates was a third cousin twice removed or something. Yes. Yeah. So I would still say only three for this particular episode, yeah. even though it does lay the groundwork for progression for the for the main part of the season being easier yeah. to fucking follow because we we'll actually have a board and everything that we've found so far on it which is going to be good so three this time round um, so yeah so I'd say three as well so that gives us a grand total for Sabrina and the Pirates out of 20 Chris what's that give us? that's uh, 14 out of 20 Phil that's Ooh. a pretty solid score it is boys would you like to know what our next episode is called? I mean again we that's that tends to be the way in which this works, so yes, please. But, you know, we don't see each other as often. Obviously, our episodes are now uh, fortnightly, so, you know, <clears> you, you might have changed your mind in those times. I might forget as well. You, you might forget, forget that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we might just, uh, might yeah. just finish it and leave. Uh, episode 16, boys, is called Sabrina, the Matchmaker. Well, um, I don't think it would be too presumptuous as to say that... Sabrina is involved in um, facilitating the romance of one of her friends or family members and somebody else. The only question is, who? My guess would be Valerie. But then we have had her... But then again, it's not like they're averse to repeating uh, pots and things. Like We have had, have had her trying to influence Valerie's love life before, I think. Are you hoping magic. for a just-in-thumb return? And it backfiring. Could be just-in-thumb or it could be, could be somebody new. Um, but yeah, I think I think Sabrina tries to get involved with Valerie's love life using magic, and obviously that's not really cricket, and she ends up paying for it. Okay, uh, Chris, is someone going to be imprisoned? Uh, actually, I'm going uh, Sabrina the Matchmaker, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. is that what it is? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, get rid of the maker and Sabrina the, uh, and go with the matchstick girl. So, uh, all <laughs> so our get rid of the maker, just Sabrina the match. <laughs> Sabrina the match. Yeah, but, but you know, Sabrina gets set on fire. But the, <laughs> well, uh, uh, the similar to the Hans Christian Andersen tale of uh, the the little match, little match that go where all our childhood hopes and dreams die. Great. Well, this one's set on Valentine's Day, so that'd be a bit of a somber episode, Chris. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. but Sabrina the matchmaker. Yeah, Graham, you're pretty much spot on for attempting to split up Mister Craft and Zelda a few episodes back. Sabrina is told she must bring two people together before Valentine's Day or face dire consequences. So, because she tried to separate 
someone because she's been told that she has to bring two people together. Yeah, because because she tried to split up Mr. Craft and Zelda, um, Cupid tells her that uh, she has to bring two people back together. Cupid's back. Well, in the cast list, he's not mentioned. Oh. But I, whether Cupid's there or not, I like the whole karmic balance thing. Yeah. And I like a callback to a few episodes ago actually having, yeah. a, having a knock-on effect. So that's good. Um, would you like to know who the person in question is that she does have to bring together? Um, well, I'm guessing it's, it's Valerie. It's not. It's Cousin Marigold. Oh, so there is at least one returning cast member there. Yes, not it's same character but different actress. Oh, different actress. Different actress. Oh, right. um, and also, what I did find out about the episode is the Marigold side of the family. So that's Marigold and her horrible children. Uh, their surname is Wiccan. Oh, For the Wiccans. Yes, because I think that's yeah. a pagan, pagan yeah. uh, religion, isn't it? Uh, so thank you very much for joining us for this episode. I do hope you uh, enjoyed it. I certainly did. And my name throughout has been Phil Dean. I'd like to thank my uh, two comrades, my pirates in this world. They are Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. Land ho. And Chris Evans. Yep, cheers. Pass the gunpowder. <laughs> Pass the gunpowder. Uh, if you'd like to uh, support this show, then uh, the best way you can do it is uh, through iTunes. Give us a wonderful five-star review, because uh, more ratings means uh, we can work our way up the charts and more people can listen to our show. Boys, uh, people can get in touch with us via a variety of different ways. Please share one of them now. Yeah, um, if you want to reach us on Twitter, we are at Sabrina Watch. Uh, Chris Evans, please give another version right now. Yeah, so you can get us on Facebook. It's Sabrina the Teenage Watch is our page. And Phil, give us another one. Uh, yes, Phil, uh, you can get in touch by email sabrinateenagewatch at gmail.com. It just leaves us one last thing to say, boys. May every little thing you do be magic. Be magic.